0: Welcome to the Marketing Executive Spotlight Show. I'm Anitra Kerr, also known as the queen of video marketing at The Draw Shop, where we create videos and messaging for brands that are impossible to ignore. We believe that any business is just one marketing tweak away from getting their ideal customers hooked. Most businesses have a solution to positively impact their customers, and ultimately the world. The real question is, how to get those people to see that? We've got our own fail-proof formula for this at The Draw Shop, but on this show, We're interviewing marketing geniuses to discover more. Think you have marketing genius to share? Stay tuned to the end of the show and we'll show you how you can be our next guest on the fastest growing marketing inspiration podcast.
1: Welcome to Marketing Executive Spotlight. I'm your host, Sandy Fowler, and today we are chatting with Richard Jones. Richard is the Chief Marketing Officer for Cheetah Digital, and they can be found online at CheetahDigital.com. Richard, welcome to the podcast.
2: Well, thanks for having me, Sandy.
1: I was enjoying our chat about your, your journey, and I'd love for you to share a little bit with all of us to let us know what your company does and how you ended up working there.
2: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm currently uh, the, the CMO of, of, of Cheetah Digital, and Cheetah Digital is uh, uh, the world's largest independent marketing software company. Um, so um, some people in the in the marketing space will, will, will know of Cheetah Mail uh, and uh, the the. Uh, Email product that has been around for 20 years or so uh, that was then acquired by Experian. But what uh, what some folks may not know is that the uh, the founder of uh, Exact Target, Peter McCormick, or one of the co-founders, uh, after selling Exact Target to Salesforce for 2.58 billion and probably taking a little bit of a holiday, uh, ended up setting up a uh, a fund and working with another financial partner. Uh, to uh, persuade uh, Experian, the the Fortune 100 financial services company, to actually spin the Cheetah technology out of uh, Experian. uh, And this was back in 2017 to form Cheetah Digital uh, with the goal of creating um, a modern customer engagement suite that would help marketers uh, not just Uh, do cross-channel messaging to their uh, customers but also with tools and technologies to help marketers acquire new customers into their database, uh, to profile them, uh, to be able to personalize uh, the right message at the right time on the right channel to uh, those consumers uh, and to uh, provide a framework for loyalty so that consumers have a way uh, to participate in a value exchange by working with uh, a brand and engaging with a brand and making more purchases and interacting with a brand over time. So that's the the customer engagement suite strategy at at Cheetah. And uh, I actually came to Cheetah by a a fairly convoluted uh, process because back in 2010, which does seem like just so long ago now, but, uh, you know, not not that long it's a decade. Back in 2010, I, myself and two colleagues, um, made what uh, I definitely think back on us now as a, a fairly foolhardy step of, uh, of deciding to, you know, give up our jobs and walk into an office and try and set something up from, from scratch. And uh, we, we did set up a company and uh, ended up uh, selling it uh, through a, a, an, acqu- a, an intermediary acquisition to Cheetah Digital. And uh, I became the CMO of Cheetah Digital uh, back in uh, November of 2019.
1: Okay, so you said now that seems like an ill-advised move. What inspired you to do that at the time?
2: Oh, youth and ignorance, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I mean, look, I, I, I laugh about it, but uh, if, if anyone's ever read um, Lord of the Ring Rings uh, by J.R. Tolkien, um Quite a lot of the time, you 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 you, you get um, Frodo, uh, and, and in, in the uh, billboard Baggins, in the book before that, um, talks quite often. Having embarked on a journey, how you know when times get a bit low, you know, just wishing he was back in the Shire, you know, drinking tea, uh, living the easy life. And I definitely think that is the the journey of a of a, a, a first time founder for sure. I mean, you you start off with. Um, dreams and, and and a fair degree of really not knowing what you've actually embarked on and the, the journey of a startup is up and down emotionally in a way that you know few jobs really are um, and there are many times where you will look back and go why did i why did i do this but at the same time you know when 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 life is is, is pressured um, some of the most amazing memories can also be uh, go along with some of the, the darkest of, of times, um, I, I, and, I, and I don't want to discourage anyone from doing startup because it's, it's it is a, an incredible thing to to go and do you just nobody ever really tells you that the maths are stacked against you when you when you start the vast majority of startups don't make it out in the first year or two years uh just a fraction of them ever get to really raise money and then a fraction of that ever get to have a really successful you know outcome where you know they're wandering around with uh uh ferraris and and a, and a rolodex like elon musk uh so the 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 reality is it's um it's a tough business and and it does take a lot of fortitude to, to go and embark on it and and succeed.
1: So are you glad you did it?
2: Um, I am glad I'm, I I did. Yes. I am glad I I did now. Um, But it's, it's, you know, hindsight, once you've gone through all of the ups and downs and you've come out with a, with a successful outcome at the other end, you can have rose tinted glasses (laughs) about the journey. So I, I, I try and remain, um, Balance when I when I when people ask me about you know or should I do a startup or whatever because I I do think the 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 venture uh, uh, capital community try to create this sort of all founders are heroes type mentality and you know they really drive as many people to do startups as possible you don't often hear people saying well hold on a minute you really sure you want to do this because you are going to be pushed to your extreme I mean I was getting four hours sleep a night for you know Five years. I mean, it, it's it's tough. It's it's really tough.
1: Well, now you're CMO at Cheetah Digital. Are you allowed to sleep?
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's the other thing about age is um, I don't think I could do it <laughs> again. Four hours sleep is uh, is, is is not enough. Um, so yeah, I do I do make sure I get a, a decent amount of sleep uh, now. Now at Cheetah Digital, that's for sure. They they let me sleep. They're a good bunch.
1: <laughs> so. You told us a little about what Cheetah does, and it sounds like the dream answer in the marketing world. What kind of impact have you seen your business having on your clients and your
2: customers? Oh wow! I mean, there's there's so much data there um, about the kind of impact uh, that marketers can actually achieve when they start to put in some of these modern customer engagement technologies. So, I'll give you an example of um, a uh, Fourteen billion dollar uh, grocer, uh, which is out of uh, out of Denmark, the selling Group. Um, so you know Denmark's Walmart, if uh, if 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 you want of another word. Um, and these guys, um, relatively recently, uh, about um, six, six seven months ago or so now, um, it, it went live with their implementation of the customer engagement suite from Cheetah Digital, and the ability to be able to really personalize offers to people, to individuals, marketing to them as an individual, really understanding that person's interests, motivations, desires, and behavior across all the different interactions that that individual has with with the selling group, whether it be email, web, the loyalty program, in-store, etc. And being able to personalize uh, offers off that detailed information Actually got them a 10x increase in the engagement by consumers to their offers. I mean, it's 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 huge, huge uh, returns. Uh, if uh, if you actually start to think about how do how do I how do I really understand individuals and market to them in the segment of, of one, um, and I and I kind of it's it's really interesting at the moment because obviously what Cheetah does this is marketing technology. It's not advertising technology. And I do think we've been living through an era of the last sort of decade or so where um, it's been relatively easy to be a marketer. And I'm probably going to get <laughs> shouted at for saying that, but, but it has because Facebook and Google and their coterie of different um, data partnerships have really made it possible, really made it possible for marketers to hyper-personalize content at scale to people they didn't know with lots of information about who those people are or what they've done and what websites they visited and you know all this other information, which had been gathered in a in a very loose and fast way and in the absence of any real kind of privacy regulation. Um, And what we've actually seen uh, now with um, more and more consumer attitudes to privacy and tracking and marketers snooping on them and disruption through legislation in ad tech, uh, that uh, marketers it's it's becoming harder and harder for marketers to do that hyper-personalization of content at scale just using advertising. And the, the end result of that is marketers need now to be really doubling down on building out their own databases of information around the consumers that they interact with and their customers and really understanding them as individuals through the interactions on their own channels and then thinking about how do they govern that relationship between the brand and the consumer over time that doesn't rely on them having to talk to their customers through places like Facebook and and Google because ad tech is becoming massively disrupted and it's only going to snowball in 2021.
1: You're saying it's becoming massively disrupted. What do you see happening?
2: Well, just this morning, um, I opened up my laptop, logged on and got a notification of an article in Forbes, uh, uh, which is basically the EU's top data uh, privacy regulator recommending that the EU essentially bans all uh, uh, ad targeting. (laughs) you know, in a very, very sweeping set of changes. So, you know, whereas three, four years ago, you could benefit from essentially buying all this third party data and using all this data from Facebook and Google to get very, very personalized with your messaging, even though you didn't know the people you're talking to, you can't buy the third party data without, you know, infringing privacy regulations like CCPA and GDPR, Many different legislations around the world are increasing their privacy regulations. The EU are taking, you know, relatively extreme position here around the kind of next phase of their recommendations to stop marketers and and advertisers from, from snooping on people and using that data to drive targeted advertising. Um, this is essentially eroding the basis of. Uh, ad tech and model, modern digital advertising that we have, the marketers have enjoyed for the last 10 years. And that's going to have massive, massive disruption. Um, and I'd also, think that's just the EU. If you think about what's going on right now in the US, we've just witnessed a period of unprecedented disinformation on social media sites. We've just witnessed the whole stop hate for profit movement, which was uh, lots of mainstream advertisers putting pressure on uh, Facebook and other uh, big tech uh, social platforms to um, really clean up their, their act and stop disinformation and withholding you know, advertising dollars. And I think the current impeachment process and the FBI investigations into disinformation and how social platforms work is compounding on things like Netflix is um, the social dilemma, which the, uh, uh, many of us in marketing have watched with great interest. Which is basically painting out this picture that you know technology, which is um, you know companies that are based on um, a business model, which is which is infringing people's sort of data rights, if you if you like, um, and that uh, is juicing. Uh, disinformation with algorithms that really drive profit—that is—that has created the, the, the framework for things like QAnon to even be possible—is um, coming for some major regulation. There's no question about that. Um, so I think as marketers, we have to we have to know what's happening. We have to understand all these big changes to to big tech and what it means for advertising and ad tech and isolate ourselves from the uh, potential damage to our businesses that can occur if we are too reliant on these platforms that are really uh, coming into serious serious conflict with with legislators
1: so as clients come to work with you they're now relying on their own information instead of relying on third parties do you find that they have more information than they realize once you go in and help them sort it and
2: Yeah, that's a a great point because it's totally true. You know, at the end of the day, um, we we work with enterprise uh, uh, businesses and typically enterprise businesses are not currently um, in most instances actually getting anywhere near being able to utilize all of the data interactions that they do have with consumers. And they tend to have data silos, which can be organizational, they can be, People, process and technology causes for for those data silos Um, and sometimes the data is there and it's being collected in things like data lakes uh, but they're hidden away in the deepest darkest reaches of IT and that data isn't actually actionable in real time for marketers to to really know what the the right message is at the right time on the right channel. So you know what, what? What one big opportunity that I think a lot of businesses are doing that are seeing what's going on with this disruption is they going well? Hold on a minute. <laughs> There's a lot of things happening in ad tech which is really changing my future possibilities for being able to market to my consumers in the way that I, I do currently. So I need to at first step start to understand the data that they do have around customers uh, and, and evaluate that as a first step. Um, and usually that means. Looking at putting in things like customer data platforms and trying to organise that data, and pull it from point of sale systems and email and websites and loyalty programs and you know wherever else they've got a touch point with the consumer, and start to to you know run machine learning and decisioning on top of that data to see what they've got. The second step is usually then you can identify gaps of what information you haven't got around your customers that you'd like to get, and you can start putting in uh, strategies to provide a value exchange to your customers your 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 audience uh in return for the data that they give to you so that you can personalize uh offers and content and advertising to them but in a way that's transparent that, that where they have given you that data in order for you to personalize your services and your content to them and you know, we we call this zero-party data. Forrester to, to coined that term, but it's essentially data where you ask consumers about their motivations, desires, interests, purchase intent, whatever it may be, and then you know you, you're transparently doing that in, in order to personalize to them.
1: So, in light of all of this, and also some things we have probably not discussed, where do you see your business in the next few years?
2: Yeah, it's really good. It's a really good point because, you know, to some extent, some of it is actually connected to what will happen with the ad tech uh, disruption uh, and the sort of big tech battle between the likes of Apple on one side that are trying to champion privacy and the likes of Facebook on the other, which, are you know, hate the word privacy, I, I think, uh, if, if they're being honest. Um, you know, and, and what actually happens at the end of it. And what are the role, the role of, of legislation and lobbyists in various different markets and, ter- and territories. My own belief, having seen how this has been snowballing over the last couple of years, is that we are going to enter, um, well we are, we're already in it, we're entering a period where we're going to see some budget realignment away from um, ad tech and advertising on the digital front into customer programs, which are really focused on getting better interaction and engagement with the customers that I have, uh, learning about them uh, and being able to personalize uh, my uh, products and services to them uh, to encourage uh, loyalty over the long term. I think you're going to see a kind of the economics change. You know, it becomes more expensive to acquire a customer. So, therefore, once you acquire that customer, you want to make sure you grow that customer, and that is that's that's Martech, uh, not AdTech. So, I actually think Martech is going to rise over the next few years, whilst AdTech, um, uh, you know, plummets.
1: All right, So, across all areas of marketing, what is your very favorite piece of marketing advice?
2: Well, I, yeah, I can, I can, I can uh, you know, from a personal perspective and obviously being a, a, a CMO um, uh, in a B2B company we're selling to to Enterprises, um, as a CMO, I can give my advice and then I can give some advice to other marketers of B2C companies. But from a personal perspective as a B2B marketer, um, B2B marketing, uh, again, I'm probably going to offend a bunch of people by saying this, but I think if they, you know, are honest, it's true deserves its moniker for b2b equals business to boring um, I think b2b is is very very has been very very dry very uncreative um, scared of its own shadow uh, and uses outdated formats to in, to interact with pro- prospects um, you know we, we the the same b2b buyers you know are the same people that are B2C consumers with their everyday lives. And our att- attention span <laughs> is reduced. You know, we're not different when we go to work than when, when we're at home being a consumer. The reality is our attention span is reduced. There's more things than we can do in any given hour of the day. Information is coming at us from all different angles. Um, and we need to make sense of that information. Uh, and the the way to do it in B2B is to not be thinking about my 60-page white paper or my one-hour webinar as my main sort of content uh, interactions with my, uh, my my prospects. We have to turn content into much more consumable formats, uh, podcasts, webs- uh, you know, webinars, um, uh, content fragments across different sites, and it has to be entertaining uh, as well as uh, informative. So, you know, we we um, we did a virtual conference this year uh, called Signals, which uh, is still going on in different markets as we roll out around the world. And when we sat down and thought, how are we going to do a virtual uh, conference that isn't business to boring? Um, we we ended up um, hiring Tommy Lee from Motley Crew, going around his house, filming a whole bunch of uh, of spoof videos of him pretending to be with his wife, who's an Instagram influencer pretending to be interested in, in marketing and uh, uh, MarTech uh, and just made very, very funny sketches. They were brilliant to, to work with. Got them out, and they went wild on, on social. I mean, they really did, and on things like LinkedIn. And, and we got, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views of these sketches, just something that a B2B company would never do. And then we ended up kicking off the conference by... Um, uh, Tommy Tommy Lee being on the phone with his wife uh, going hang on let's talk has it started yet let's talk to the boys and they come on and then it flips to us we're in a plane looking at Tommy Lee on the mobile phone and they had a little chat and then he says go 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 and we parachute out followed by cameras all the way down <laughs> land in a field walk over to some desks that we'd set up and we kick off the conference you know this is just stuff that you wouldn't normally do in b2b but it's had a massive inf- impact for the business you know we've won awards we've had a 450 percent increase in the amount of people in the top of our funnel and it's translated to absolute record results for the company and, and that's not that's taking risks and, and you know calling b2b what it is is b2b business to boring so that that would be my b2b hat on and on the b2c side it, there's just a very simple message here which is Look at look at the look at the tea leaves. Look at the writing on the wall. You have to be doubling down on building out your own data around your own customers. And if you are advertising on on platforms, which advertising is never going to go away, but you want to be concentrating on driving people off those platforms into your own database so that you then own the relationship.
1: Beautiful. I love the creativity. I love that you brought in so much humor, which has been shown to one, keep people's attention, and more importantly, help them learn, which is really what we're trying to do in a situation right. like your conference. So that's beautiful. And I appreciate, Richard, all the insights that you have shared with us today. Where can we find you online?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm very active on on LinkedIn. Uh, so Richard Jones, CMO, Chief of Digital on LinkedIn. Um, I'm less active uh, on on Twitter. Uh, and you. Do, I will have to apologize in advance for, for you know, my rants to, you know, Belarusian dictators and stuff, stuff like that. Uh, it's it's definitely, uh, um, uh, you know, LinkedIn is my is my true business platform. Uh, and then, you know, the Cheetah Digital website, cheetahdigital.com, um, I would just say that if, if there are any of the things that you think that I'm saying are interesting – Uh, all of our signals uh, uh, content uh, for our user conferences is all available on demand via cheetahdigital.com. So there's lots and lots of of client data, analyst information around all these subjects, uh, which are going to dominate the lives of marketers over the next uh, four or five years.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time and your insights today, Richard.
2: No, thank you for having me.
0: Anitra here and thank you so much for listening to the Marketing Executive Spotlight Show. If you are a successful marketing executive who would like to be on this program, please visit us at www.thedrawshop.com forward slash podcast forward slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social channels. And if you know someone that would be a great guest. Tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Marketing Executive Spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more about us? Go to our website, www.thedrawshop.com or follow us on all social channels at The Draw Shop. Thanks for listening